Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. Rich Melzer joins us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, he played professional basketball in the NBA, and he's got quite a project that he's working on right now. More on that in a minute. I saw him last night uh, with his son at the Timberwolves game. Rich, thank you for joining us. And it's really exciting, uh, obviously, to be a you know a, a local Minnesota and Minneapolis kid, but also see the the success of uh, finally the Timberwolves coming back a little bit. I saw a team that was rallied around a common goal um, under Coach Finch, obviously. They look like they're having fun. They're playing really selfless basketball. And I don't care if you're the Lakers or, you know, Denver or some of these other top caliber teams. That's tough to beat no matter who you have on it. And it's, uh, it's really fun to watch. Unfortunately, Lakers are having their own, you know, trials right now, I think. I, I, I think Westbrook's, I, I don't know if he's mentally healthy right now or confident. Hopefully it's just a phase because I like seeing him at his, at his peak. But, uh, the Timberwolves are going to really make some noise here towards the end of the season, and I, I have some high expectations uh, with them, as, as do some of my friends and I. Yeah, because you know people are saying, well, the play-in game, they could end up playing the Lakers, and you don't want to play the Lakers in a one-and-done. It's not really a one-and-done game, the way the format's set up. It's, it's more like a two-and-done. But, but I, I watched last night. Now, granted, they didn't have Anthony Davis, but I go, if I'm the Timberwolves, I'll take the Lakers on any day right now. Oh, totally. Well, it, even conversely to that, if I'm another team – Right now, Timberwolves are the team you don't want to play. Exactly. Because, right? You yep. know you know that on paper you should probably beat them, but when they're um, when they're playing that type of basketball, I mean, <laughs> it, it's something else to see, you know. And I played for Finch, and I've been looking at When did you play for Finch? Yeah, yeah, I played for Finch uh, when I was on assignment from the Houston Rockets um, back in 2010. He was the head coach of the D-League team. Really? And yeah, and, and you know we didn't. We we had a pretty good team. We had Mike Harris, who was on assignment, who was a you know pretty good tweener NBA player. But other than that, we didn't have the best team in the league, and somehow find ourselves winning the championship. And it was that style of play, that unselfish, up tempo, defensively driven style of play that I see now um, resonating. And I, I talked to Corey Hapola. I talked to your guy Corey about that about a year ago, and go, man. I don't. I really like Chris. It's a tough market to win in, and he's finding a way to do it. And uh, it, it's really interesting to see. Uh, what kind of a coach was he when you played for him? So that's it's funny you ask that. Chris was a, uh, you know, 
Chris really empowered people to do what they were there to do. He he wasn't a he was he wasn't a knockdown person. He wasn't a dictator. I, I just came off of a pretty average year overseas, and uh, when I got there, he literally pulled me in the office. He goes, "Rich, you're 30 years old. You're in the twilight of your year career. You're not going to play a whole lot." And I'm looking at him. I'm going, "Really? Well, that's kind of messed up." Yeah. And and he says to me, he goes, I need you in the locker room. I need a locker room guy to rally these guys together. And that was my role. But despite that, you know, I still ended up getting minutes, big minutes towards the end of the year in some of those uh, playoff and championship games because he didn't put a ceiling on me and he held me accountable. If I didn't play well or if others didn't play well, um, he, he made sure, you know, he, he would rectify that. And I think he's doing the same thing now with Cat and with, Edwards and with D'Angelo, like if those guys aren't really out there doing their thing, he'll give them a break. He'll 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 counsel them and bring them back out there. But uh, I, I like seeing them holding other grown men accountable because it's showing up now. You know, uh, I mentioned uh, you played for Popovich in San Antonio, and obviously he had he had superstars. If you have superstars, that's where it starts. Obviously, you can't win without talent, and he's finding that out this year as well. But but what was the ultimate in what Popovich was able to do was that he he got great players to play together. What, what was was that his secret sauce? I, I think what Popovich did was he got people to play for each other. Um, as opposed to playing for themselves. And, and it was easy to play for Popovich because you knew what his drive was. You knew his intentions were benevolent. I, I was a tweener. I was a guy that was on the verge of, you, you know, maybe a couple minutes in the NBA or being really successful overseas. But uh, he held me to, a, you know, a really high standard despite that. And uh, it, it was easy. It was easy to go that extra mile and put that extra work in for a guy like that. Chris was the same way, you know. When, when he has, when he takes the ego out of the game, and you have to play for the guy next to you, and the guy next to you has to be accountable to your expectations of them, it's a contagious behavior that uh, I, I don't think we see a whole lot of in the NBA today. I hear you, and if you can do it, you can do it, Rich Melzer. I guess Rich, Rich I, I, I talked about what you're doing. You you, you ran the uh, the YMCA on the North Side, and you've done a lot of different projects for YMCA, and, and you had an opportunity to go to. Uh, another nonprofit, but much different in in, in downtown Minneapolis, uh, uh, or at least that area, uh, where you are helping uh, the homeless, uh, the teenage homeless. I- explain where it is that you work and what it is that you're doing right now. Yeah, so we're uh, we're right downtown, literally um, just on the out outskirt of uh, downtown Minneapolis, on kind of the southeast side there, um, over by the Salvation Army, and there's a Firestone there, jumping on 394, but. We are right now serving um, at-risk young people experiencing homelessness. So we provide a huge array of resources for young people that, um, you know, don't have anywhere to go, that have troubles at home and that are experiencing challenges that, unfortunately, a lot of people, a lot of young people haven't had to go through. Um, We feed them, we clothe them, we have resources for them to just really transition um, over the course of time out of that situation and even, um, you know, get, 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 job, get job opportunities and, and educational opportunities to, uh, to, to see how we can help them. Uh, it's, it's a huge effort. They've been in business now and doing this work for, you know, 45 or more years. So I'm really fortunate to be um, a, part of this, a part of this outfit. They, uh, you know, organi- organizationally, they're in really good health. Um, I was brought there after uh, coming in the, on the heels of Heather Hughesby, who, who really lifted up this mission and 
Um, her work carries on today, and we're just trying to continue to elevate it and do right by, uh, by her and some of their historical work. But it is a serious pandemic right now. Um, you know, youth homelessness, it reaches as far from, you know, east side St. Paul and the eastern suburbs all the way out to Anoka um, per capita. We have a pretty large um, amount of homeless young people every night that are, you know, ha- have no place to go. So we're there as a tool and as a resource to mitigate that and to, to love them up and see how we can help. They come through your door. What happens next? You know, if they, if they come in for the first time and they don't know, uh, you know, what they're up against, they've only heard about you. What, what's the process like when you when you have somebody that comes in and says, "I'm a teenager and I'm homeless. Tell me what I got to do." Yeah, the, the first one is just basic needs. You know, have you ate? Are you? Do you need clothes? Um, have you rested? We provide that right there on the spot. Um, that's first and foremost, and then from there. Um, we try to transition and figure out who they are as people um, historically, what have been some of their challenges. And then from there, you know, our, 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 our drop-in case managers and our service providers really, really are intentional on evaluating, you know, what they've had before, the gaps that we can fill for them moving forward, and getting them into the right model of um, support, whether that's, you know, Housing, obviously, is a big thing for us. We transition young people directly into housing when we can, um, making sure they have sustainable resources to mitigate hunger, um, you know, being out in the cold. I mean, you name it. Mm. Um, you name it, we try to provide it. If we don't have it there, we work with other partners around the Twin Cities that they can resource those things from, too. So it, it's a huge effort. Um, and, you know, we need a lot of support, but right now where we're at, we're uh, – we're hoping we're doing all that we can, and we want to be one of the best providers for um, young people experiencing homelessness in the Twin Cities. What, you know, I, I'm thinking out loud going, well, where are the parents in this? If your teenager's not coming home at night, I mean, how do they end up homeless? How do they end up homeless? What, what, what's the parents' role in it? You know, there, there's a lot of roles. Um, some of it is mental health um, for some of our young people, which shows up in obviously, you know, a million different ways. Um, some of our young people are actually homeless as a preference to being at home with their families, believe it or not, because they've had trauma and they've been misguided as parents. So um, there's, a, there's a lot of reasons why young people and how young people end up in this situation. And we're trying to meet them without judgment, with love, with empathy, and with uh, real tools to help them get out of that situation the best we can. Rich Melzer, I guess. Rich, how many of them are chemically dependent when they come in? How, what's the percentage? You know, I, I would say for, and I don't want to speculate, but I would say for the large percentage of young people, it's either chemical dependency or mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's that other small group in there that is just accustomed to being on their own, accustomed to being in this situation. Um, I don't think there's a firm answer on that, but yeah, chemical dependency and mental health play a huge part, unfortunately, in the reasons these young people are showing up and, uh, you know, we're, we're doing everything we can to help them out. Rich, just an aside, but it, it goes in conjunction with, we, we see the, the teachers strike, uh, for the city of Minneapolis and you're a product of the city of Minneapolis. Uh, how does that strike you? What scares you the most about, uh, you know, when kids are not in school? You know, that the, What scares me the most is what families are doing at home. You know, Minneapolis public schools are what they are, you know, good or bad, however you feel. But 
parents can't depend exclusively on the schools to educate and to nurture them. Um, they have to have things at home, whether it's, you know, chores or on-the-job training or responsibilities they have at the house. Parents have to really step up right now and make sure that while young people are out of school, they're still at home having some sort of regular expectations and cadence to hold them accountable to continued education and um, knowing that there's going to be a, a schedule and a rhythm in place at some point whenever the strike um, concludes and ends. But I, I think the responsibility right now is very, very high for the parents to be active and maybe to ask a little bit more of themselves than they've had to do historically before the strike. Rich, always appreciate seeing you, my friend, and uh, we will talk again soon, but keep up the great work that you do in this community and the way that you give back to the city of Minneapolis is uh, uh, is Hall of Fame-ish, and we appreciate it very much. Always, Mike. Love you to pieces. I, I, I love hearing from you. I know your listeners are in tune and, uh, and, and supportive, and I'm grateful to be here. So we'll talk again soon, Mike. Keep doing your thing. You too. Thank you so much. Rich Mills, wow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.